Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome. This is Valerie Molyneux, President and CEO, founder of Vit Friends Vitiligo Support Group. We've been in existence since July 2009, and our goal is to work with everyone around us to bring our community together. I've had one politician said to me some time ago, your community is neglected. Well, let me tell them, we're not neglected. We're working on changing that description of our community. And so with that, we have instituted uh, 11 years ago uh, a podcast that was not getting much recognition because it was only 30 minutes. And so 2021, we made some changes. We sought assistance. We're proud to say that our uh, podcasts are being sponsored by MyVitiligosTeam.com, and so that has enabled us to have a one-hour show, and it is our goal to interview folks from throughout the community. My show is entitled The Journey with Vitiligo, and I hope you had a chance to listen to some of my other um, co-hosts like Mark Braxton, who's our engineer and North Carolina co-leader, and Tiffany Grant with the Women's Group, and her show is entitled It's Called Vitiligo. And upcoming shortly from Houston, Texas, Diane Tribbett will be leading a, a show called Faith for the Journey. So it's our com- desire to reach the entire community globally. We've done some international shows interviewing folks across the seas, and so that is our mission. Today, I'm excited because I've watched this young woman throughout the community, watch her enthusiasm, her passion, and just the energy that she has. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Crystal Alexis. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much, Miss Valerie. Thank you. I appreciate that introduction. I am so honored. Hello, everybody out there. I'm extremely honored to be here and to speak with you on your platform. I'm excited. Well, I am honored to have you. I've watched you for some time. Uh, I got to meet you at a conference, and so I fell in love. I'm sorry to tell you. I I fell in love with your passion, your energy, and your heart for what you're doing. So let's let's move on in and get to the meat of who exactly is Crystal Alexis? Tell us. So uh, Crystal Alexis is always changing and always becoming and always evolving. Let me say that first. I have not made it anywhere. I'm still on my way. And I think that ties right into what you were saying about, you know, just the theme of this journey. And then Miss Diane, you know, what she's doing um, with the journey. Everybody, including myself, we're always so quick to want to get to the end point. We want to get to the destination. We want to have the big bank account, the big house, the ideal dream job. You know, we want the perfect relationship, the perfect marriage. We want everything to be so perfect, um, and, and we neglect the journey. We neglect the gap. We neglect everything in the middle. So right now in my middle, um, I am single. Uh, I don't have any boo things. I don't have any kids. Um, I barely even got a goldfish. I I have nothing but me and myself. And that, I'm so blessed because, yes, children are a blessing and marriages are a blessing, but Mm -hmm. singleness is also a blessing from God, you know, just for me to focus on getting to know myself better, getting to know God better. And I do understand that not everyone is a believer, so I don't want to um, take, you know, that for granted. I want to be sensitive with that. I'm not trying to um, sway anybody's beliefs, but I can't Mm -hmm. neglect mine. So um, everybody's welcome to this conversation. We're not we're not judgmental here on this show with it, friends. But I um, am a makeup artist by trade. I am just an activist and um, entrepreneur at heart, and just in my 
spirit. Anytime I, you know, I have a million ideas that I think of, I can never execute them all. So <laughs> I always have ideas jumbling around in there. I'm always building a brand or building a business or mm-hmm. creating a system for some business or organization. So um, I'm a pretty busy woman, even though I don't have um, those those obligations of, you know, having a spouse or yeah. children. I do love my uh, family very much. My mom and my dad, they are just um, the center of my world, you know, after mm-hmm. God. And then I have two siblings. I have an older sister that is five years five years my elder. And then when mm-hmm. my mom turned forty one, I'm not sure what she was thinking, <laughs> but she decided to have another baby. So I have a younger sister who is ten years my junior. Um mm-hmm. I love life, I love people and I love God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's a mouthful, but we got to know in that snapshot, we got to know exactly who you are. Now, yes, tell me, we, you said Houston, but I thought some time ago when I first encountered you online, I thought you were in Florida or somewhere. Where are you out of now? So right now I am in Houston. I moved to Houston from Florida uh, just about a year ago, and mm-hmm. it was a faith-based move. I was I own and operated a business that uh, provided beauty services for professional bodybuilders, and Mm. we serviced everywhere, um, all around the world. It was a global business. I ran and operated that business very successfully for seven years, and in the eighth year, um, I I had a a change happen Mm -hmm. and decided to make a faith-based move to uh, pursue purpose and ministry. So right now I am in Houston and mm-hmm. I just started a job. I have not worked since December 14th, 2019. Uh, wow. Pre-COVID, right when COVID was just getting ready to start picking <laughs> up. Um, and month, uh, Tuesday, this, wow. this Tuesday just passed was my first time working and talk about a journey. <laughs> Talk about a journey. Yeah, yeah. I saw you showing houses. Are you showing houses or something? You showed a beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes, and I'm actually here now. Probably three weeks ago, it had already been placed on in my spirit, but mm-hmm. the time was about three weeks ago to go ahead and jump on the Airbnb boom. You know, mm-hmm. um, people are traveling now again. Hotels yes. are priced ridiculously. They are trying to make up from what they lost for these past, you know, two years during COVID. Right. And the prices are just out of hand. Also, people want to feel more comfortable. You know, they want all the luxuries of a hotel, but they want Mm -hmm. their privacy and their comfort of a home. So um, that's what I do. I provide that for people who are coming into Houston for short-term lengths. It could be one day. It could be one month. Um, It doesn't matter to me. And um, that that is what I'm doing now, renting out Airbnbs and then also in ministry. Excellent. Well, you're certainly on your way. Your journey is rolling. Look at all the oh, things yeah. that you, you're doing and you're making moves um, for a young woman all by yourself. Um, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. Thank you. Um, let's back up now to your your journey with Vitiligo. When did your Vitiligo start? How old were you then? And tell us a little about treatment. Okay, so my vitiligo started when I was 30, almost uh, maybe two months or so after I turned 30. And when I turned 30, everything started messing up. I started Mm. getting wisdom teeth out the blue. I've never seen a wisdom teeth, you know, my whole (laughs) wisdom tooth my whole life. I hit 30, things started cracking and breaking and tearing up all over the place. So Mm -hmm. um, when I hit 30, I got a, I had a couple of spots on my fingers, like around my knuckle area. And then I had another spot um, on the side of my mouth. 
uh, like kind of right around my chin on the left mm-hmm. hand side. And I thought, cause I've always had skin issues since a mm-hmm. baby. I've always had skin issues. I've always had problems with the sun and I actually had a sun allergy on top of the vitiligo. And you know, Ms. Valerie, that that's, that could be a lot, you know, that's painful um, for us to be in the sun. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I went to the dermatologist. Um, They asked me a few questions, asked me, did I have anything else, you know, in my private areas? And I was like, no, I haven't seen anything. And Mm -hmm. then I thought about it after a couple of seconds. And I said, you know, I'm not down there much. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't really tell you, you know, confirm or deny. Right. Yeah. I, I, I said, I thought about it. I said, I don't know. So I said, could you chat for me? She <laughs> said, sure. Hop up and bend over. And I said, you got it. And um, I did that. And she said, yeah, you got some, you got some spots uh, down in your private areas. And so you can pay me hundreds and hundreds of dollars to um, run tests and let you mm-hmm. know for sure or you can take my prognosis as you having vitiligo, and eventually it's going to show you that it's, you know, it's going to prove mm-hmm. that it's vitiligo over time. And it did. So hmm. um, it, it's only been, I'm 38 now, so I've only had vitiligo for eight years. And, mm-hmm. you know, the beginning was kind of rough because I had always seen um, people at the time, it was a guy that went to my church and I, I was mm-hmm. absolutely intrigued by him because he mm-hmm. had vitiligo and I was always, I always loved it, but I never knew how to talk to him about it because I was, mm-hmm. I didn't want to offend, you know, right. and right. I, I had thought he was burnt, but I thought it was totally mm-hmm. cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, I, spoke to him, you know, and he was like, yeah, you know, he was happy to have addition to the family <laughs> and everything, but he, he had the white patches around his eyes. Mm. And I, I had seen people before with that again, in my ignorance, I assumed like many people do that they just were burnt and I, I left it at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't want it on my face. And yes. I think that that's a common thing because mm-hmm. we want it to be in a place where we can still hide from ourselves. Right. We, right. we want it to be in a place that we can cover up. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to really show people what's going on. And that's what yes. I wanted. I wasn't secure with it at all. And that's very, um, it, it's not a rare thing in, in the mm-hmm. journey of someone that has vitiligo. And I think people don't understand, like, a lot of people get to grow and learn themselves in in hiding. You know, they mm-hmm. they figure out who they are in the house. You know, they don't do yeah. that in public. But yeah. for for us and for many other people that have other conditions um and or disorders, we we have to grow and evolve and learn ourselves. We have to do all that in public because mm-hmm. we can't hide it. You know what I mean? Our yeah. stuff is on our skin. That's the it's first right thing. There. Right out there see. for you to see. Yes. 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 And so it, people don't understand, too, that that in itself is a whole struggle. Like, I'm having to become this new person daily because right. it changes. Mine changes every single day. Yeah. My spot Now, let changed. me ask you. Mm-hmm. You got this at age 30, but prior to that, had you known of, seen of, is there any family history of vitiligo? I don't have not one drop of family history as far as I can go back. And mm-hmm. um, we go back pretty far, uh, at least it, at least four, four or five generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, about five generations that we mm-hmm. kind of went back and we don't see anything. Not saying wow. that it couldn't have come, you know, True. farther back, but nope. True. So what did this doctor offer you as far as treatments, you know, for the vitiligo? So they did give me a few testers of a topical steroid. Um, I forgot the name of it because I was just kind of oblivious at that point. I'm like, (laughs) oh, what is going on? You Mm. know, um, and I used it, 
you know, I'm thinking I put it on and I'm going to just scrub the white patches away. Mm. And it didn't work like that. I put the cream on and I rubbed, to, I rubbed myself to, to death. And the white patches didn't go anywhere. So I got more discouraged. You know what I mean? Mm. And I go back and I'm like, Doc, this isn't working. And they're like, well, mm. you got to use it for a while. And, and you know, let it, let your system get acquainted, you know, with it, and then it'll start working. Give it about mm-hmm. a month. And I'm like, wow. Well, the tester <laughs> that they give you at the dermatologist is only mm-hmm. about a week or two. Mm-hmm. So Great after time. that, yeah, after that ran out, I went and got a prescription. So mm-hmm. the prescription went to go pick it up. She said some number like 280-something. And oh, yeah. I told them, you can keep that cream. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I We're will right not be back you. to pick it up. Ooh, so, my um, exactly. Wow. I left the cream there, and I mm-hmm. never looked back again wow. at any type of treatment. So I, I don't know if it works yeah. or not. Because, yeah. honestly, I didn't give it enough time to work. I was just over. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. And then I have to pay almost $300 every month. Yeah. That's yeah. a bill for me. Yeah. Now, what is your family? You're 30. So I, I would imagine at this point you're living on your own or something. Tell me about that. What did your family say? Because they're the closest to you at this point with you coming out with this thing. What are they saying? Yeah. So... Um, for me, because I am how I am, which is very outspoken, very mm-hmm. nonchalant, very, I don't really care what you think and how you feel, because this is what I'm going to do if I have mm-hmm. my mind set on something. So it was funny because some of my family would just kind of pretend like they didn't see it, you know, Uh-oh. but I would catch them kind of looking you know, at odd times, I would catch them kind of staring at it, just trying to figure it out, I guess. But I mm. feel like they were a little bit scared to ask me because they probably didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth, you see. Mm. Um, but my parents, uh, who are on the other side of the spectrum, because they do kind of um, – they 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 watch how they handle me. My parents handle me very carefully because I I just don't. I'm very particular. I'm very mm-hmm. very particular with mm-hmm. certain things. Um, and so I actually had to bring the conversation up to my parents after years, and um, I asked them both individually. You know how? What do you what do you think about my skin? Like you know, and at this point, I'm like, you know, it's cool. I love it because it makes me different <laughs> yeah. from everybody. Yeah. You know, nobody has the same spot. They're all different. So now I'm excited. I, I love it. Now it didn't take me it didn't take me long to fall in love with having a bit of light on. Not mm. at all. And mm. so I'm like, what do you think? And my mom, I think, is the one who kind of took it the hardest. Um, she doesn't have a problem with it, but she thinks that she blames herself for me oh. having vitiligo. And she's like, I don't know what I did to make your skin like this. I don't know what happened. Like, I, I just, I don't know how you got like this. And I'm like, Mom, it's fine. I'm okay. Mom, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm not dying. Mm. It, you know, it's it's just a skin color. It's just fine, you know. And I explained to her what happens um, with the vitiligo and how it gets like this and everything and that there's really no specific cause or cure. Mm-hmm. I kind of just went through everything with them. And so now yeah. it it's just a part of me. It's just a mm-hmm. part of me. So everybody loves it. Um, they love to hold my hands and, <laughs> and pet my hands, you know. Everybody says, oh, you're, like, the white parts of the skin is so soft. And I mm. say, is it? And it they're like, yeah, soft. it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I say, wow, is it? That's okay. But yeah, so they're they're completely fine with it. But I think it was yeah. just that um, initial, like my parents, like 
Mm-hmm. I, I, they're feeling like they did something to make me like this, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you know, and I and I don't want it to have a negative um, tone to it either, you know. Right. It, right. It's beautiful. Just, yes, just like I'm a female, you can say, oh, I don't know what I did to make you a female. That's crazy. It's something mm-hmm. that just happens, you know. It's something that just happens. So. And so even today, um, eight years later, none of your sisters have shown any sign. It's still just you, the only one in the family. Yeah, it's still just me. And um, my parents, they're so funny. And, and you'll hear me because they're the only stories I have to refer to because they're like, <laughs> it, they're just, you know, they're, they're like my children now. So um, they'll say, oh, let me show you. And I'm like, what you got to show me, you know? So she's like, mm-hmm. oh, look, come here, come here. You see that? I said, see what, Mom? Well, I think I got one of your spots. <laughs> ain't, ain't, that, ain't that it right there? And I'm like, I don't know if it's it or not, but we'll see in a couple years. You know, give it a little while, and we'll I love see. Them so now, I, I love them, and I don't even know them. <laughs> yes, yeah. So now everybody oh thinks that they have my spots on them yeah. now. Yeah, so, that's pretty Funny. cool. <laughs> here's, here's a strange question I thought about. As you mentioned um, being a makeup artist, prior to you getting vitiligo, had you ever had the opportunity to make up someone with vitiligo? Not prior. No, I got the opportunity after. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me just say that I've always been in, in, uh, intrigued by vitiligo before I even knew I had it. Mm-hmm. I um was an America's Next Top Model fan, so you know Winnie Harlow's name is gonna come up. Um mm-hmm. but she was the first one for me mm-hmm. that officially said like this is what I have, this is what it's called, you know, um and plus she was a model. So before mm-hmm. she even got big I I was just so intrigued, and then I loved Michael Jackson, and then mm-hmm. there were the what at the time I felt like were rumors of him having vitiligo, so I was intrigued by that. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I had never gotten a chance to do anybody's makeup until afterwards, and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm thankful for God's timing because. Had I done it before, I may not have known. I'm a very good makeup artist, and I deal with a lot of different skin types and face shapes and all of this different stuff, but I may not have known how to handle that. Mm. I could do the makeup, but it's a certain... I I, I don't know. I think my clients, when I do their makeup, they see my heart, and Mm -hmm. I think at that time, my heart posture was different towards Mm. people with skin disorders. And so I think because my heart posture had changed, because now I don't just have a limited perspective, I'm Mm. living it. So I have a full perspective of what these people go through every single day. So Mm -hmm. now my heart is all out. It's showing all over the place. It made her super, super comfortable um, because Mm. she didn't really want to do the makeup and she thought if she did the makeup, it was going to be messy and clownish. So I was able to walk her through that. And I believe that we both experienced um, some sort of breakthrough, if you will, um, there. I don't even think she realized what she taught me in that moment. Um, mm. She just knows that I, I I gifted her with, you know, being able to recognize her beauty again. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And she was so pleased with it. It looked natural. Everything, it was for her twin sister's wedding. Um, so that was a big deal. And it, it was just, it was one of those moments that you um, never forget. You talked about um, being an activist. Tell us a little about your yeah. activism work. So I come from a long line of um, just activists, community leaders. I have about four or five family members with streets named after them, including my mother's mother, um, my mm. grandmother. 
she herself, she um, integrated the hospital system in the city of Coco, where I'm from, uh, before it was integrated. It used to be segregated, and the black women, particularly uh, mothers that were, mm. um, like, giving birth and things, they mm-hmm. were not getting the same treatment. They were, you know, being three or four to a room while the uh, white women or other races um, that were not minority were given private rooms and special Mm -hmm. care around the clock and things like that. Uh, My grandmother was a nurse, and Mm -hmm. so I grew up um, serving people and caring for people um, since a kid. I remember Mm. just the news station always being at my grandmother's house, you know, Mm. uh, covering a story of something that she did in the community. Uh, Coming Mm -hmm. up, I remember people that would just stop by the house all times a day, anytime at night. They would Mm. come over there, and and I looked at it as a kid like, they always begging, you know, (laughs) not knowing knowing that my grandmother had a, she had an assignment while she was here she's Mm -hmm. passed on now Mm -hmm. for two years but Mm -hmm. she had an assignment she lived a full uh, life for 90 years and um yeah so I've I've watched her feed people and care for people and I've watched Mm -hmm. people steal from her and come back and ask her for money after they stole everything Mm -hmm. she got and she give it to them and I've just seen her footprint um, mm. being created around the community in the city that I grew up in. So that is the bloodline that I come from. And when I got old enough to get away from it, I ran, okay? Mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to do with it because I've I've been a part of that since I grew up in that. Right. And, um, oh, excuse me. <sighs> excuse me. And so um, – at 30, <laughs> maybe, and, and I've always done stuff, but never looked mm-hmm. at it as activism. And then mm-hmm. when you look back in hindsight, you're like, I've been doing this for 20 right. years of my life, right. you know, and just didn't call it anything because um, I didn't need it to be a title. I didn't need it to be covered by the news. I didn't need a microphone in my in my uh, hand or a camera mm-hmm. in my face to do things. Um, but I, I thought that that's what you had to do to call it activism. I've mm. been an activist since I was a kid and didn't know <laughs> what the name of it was. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's been something that has been dormant for a long time. Um, and so just it, it just rose back up again. I started, um, especially with the things going on with the um, – police violence, you know, um, just other violence not related to the police. Um, I love working in poverty-stricken, crime-ridden areas. I Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Uh, I think it takes a special person to do that particular kind of work with those people um, because those people are hurting and mm-hmm. sometimes it comes off as anger. Sometimes it comes off as aggression. Sometimes yes. it comes off as all these things, but really they're hurting and haven't figured out how to properly mm-hmm. express that yet. And so I understand that because I come from that place. I come from, uh, you know, poverty. I come, I come from that. You know, in my city where I was born and raised and grew up and lived my entire life until a year ago, you're very, very blessed to make it to your 30s. I have so wow. many classmates and, and school-age school um, friends of mine that were murdered, car accident, mm. heart attack, um, you know, suicide, just, just everything because – you become a product of your environment. And when you're in an environment of drugs and prostitution, and there's not really a lot of gangs, uh, like Mm -hmm. gang activity, but you have what we call cliques. And Mm -hmm. it's similar to gangs, maybe not as bad as the gang, but when you're around that stuff all day, every day, you you become, you fall prey to it and you, you, you become a product 
or a byproduct, you know, of that environment. So I'm very blessed, you know, to just have the parents that I had that kept a tight leash mm-hmm. on me, you know, um, we, we, it, yeah, they were, they were awesome parents and I'm glad because it taught me how to be a productive member of society, you know, <laughs> look at the role models you've had, uh, a grandmother. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, you talk about the hot posture. She had a hot posture that uh, oh, yeah. has now rubbed off on you She's gone on to glory, but she's left a legacy in what she's put into you that now you're giving back to the world. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. I know um, we first met you in Houston. And was that your very first conference? Because I'm trying to remember. It was. I didn't know anything. How was that experience? I didn't know. The experience was amazing, Miss Valerie. Mm-hmm. I got to see all of these beautiful patterns of people, all mm. of these beautiful shades of brown and white, <laughs> and oh my goodness, I, I didn't know that, you know, that mm. uh, fair-skinned people could have vitiligo. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that all races get it. I thought only black people got vitiligo. Um, I didn't know that, that we need be to change. Yes. That is something we need to change right there. Yes. I I didn't know that you could get it at from birth. I didn't know that you could get it at 80. Um, mm. I, I just didn't know. And here you are coming to your very first conference and experiencing and learning so much. Are you yes. there? Yes. yes. I'm yeah. here. Yes. Yes. So, so overall for and, you, that was a tremendous experience. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, if I'll be honest, I, I am not so into um, the medical stuff mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I just feel like I know what I know. Right. And until my reality and my truth changes about the situation, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I I I don't pay attention to it as much as I probably should, mm-hmm. but there are other people. Everybody's journey is, is different. There and so go. there are people who that need works. that right yes. now. You know, yes. Um, yes. the medical portion is just not something that I need um, yes. at this at this moment you know, in my journey. And so um, that, that was okay for me. That was cool. Uh, But the, I, I just enjoyed the in-between classes, meeting people and talking to people, you know, at the dinner, you know, going, going out after even stuff at the conference, meeting up with people and going out, hanging out. It's like you go out into the street, the street. Yes, you flood those streets. You paint those streets with vitiligo, honey. Yes, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. And I would encourage anybody, whether you're secure or insecure Mm -hmm. with vitiligo, whether you're old or young, whether you're black, white, Indian, Chinese, Mexican, or a bunch of anything in between, (laughs) I would encourage you if you've never gone If you've never gone for yourself, I don't care what you've heard. I don't care what somebody told you, but that's your best friend, and you know she's telling the truth. I I don't care what anybody has said. I'm going to say disregard anything you've ever heard about Mm -hmm. the the conference and experience Mm -hmm. it for yourself because your experience is not going to be anyone else's experience, and it's something that you have to experience for yourself. That you have so to well do it said. for yourself. That is so well said. Let, let me tell you, in 2016, when the the vision came to me as clear as day, mm. and when I heard the voice of God, I said, me, the capital steps? <laughs> no. No, you ain't talking to me. And I just started calling uh, Detroit leader. I started calling folks. And I said to them from Atlanta, I called different ones, and I said, I got this vision. 
if you will partner with me, help me, let's come on a call and tell me, I'm going to tell you what I heard in the spirit, and you tell me what you think about it, and if you'll partner with me, let's take, for the first time in the history of the United States, let's take some folks on the Capitol steps. Girl, it was Mm. 300 of us, it was 300 of us making noise on the Capitol steps in 2016, Mm. and that's where it all began, just with a simple dream. Wow. And so uh, you will be, I tell you, we got to get you as the ad, for the advertisement for this because we say that every year. Whatever you do, get to this family. Don't call it like drop the word. Get to this family reunion just one time. I dare you. And see yes. what you walk away with. Now, on the side yes. of the medical piece, I am like you. Oh, my God. I, you're probably the first one I, I heard said. When they told me the cost of the medicine, I don't think I had the courtesy or the decency to even talk to the person. I just walked out. I wasn't paying no $200, $300. Then the doctor said, well, I would suggest that you go for the light treatment. I went for the light treatment. I sat, I did the first one. I did the second one. And the third one, I think I was a bit early. I'm sitting in the lobby, and I grabbed, grabbed a pamphlet there. The pamphlet said something like, excessive amount can cause cancer. I said, what? I turned around. Wow. Said, Where are you going? I said, I'll, I'll be back. And I've never been back. And that was, that was 2004, I believe, 2005. Wow. So the issue of treatment has been a, a conversation in our community. People even think I'm big on treatment. For me personally, I am not taking a treatment from anybody. Yes, I hang out with these yeah. doctors and I associate with the doctors, and I'm fighting for treatment. For people who want it, especially people with babies that call me all the time. But for Valerie, yeah. I don't need nobody treatment. Yes, ma'am. That's and it. That has That's been it. a conversation in our community. We're not forcing it, pushing it, selling it. We're encouraging people to make a decision for yourself. We have big controversy now about taking the vaccine. It's a decision you have to make for yourself. I love everything you, know, you had to say. Go even ahead. with the vaccine, um, even with the vaccine, I was super nervous because yes. I'm like, I already have an autoimmune yes. disorder. I, I don't need anything going in my system yes, and triggering funny. something. That's right. So, but I... I did take it because I work with kids. I volunteer a lot. Um, I'm around food because I volunteer with the Houston Food Bank, which is the largest, I think it's the largest food bank in the world that we have Mm. here in Houston. So I I got my hands in a lot of stuff. And so I had to kind of put my, yeah, I I had to kind of, you know, give that situation a little bit more grace because yes. <laughs> I said, well, I don't, I don't want to not be able to serve. I don't want to not be able to work with my kids and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just didn't want to limit myself. Plus, I like to travel. And by yes. the way, they by don't the even way. take the vaccine card when you travel out of the country. Really? They don't want they don't want the vaccine card from from America. They say it's no good. So, so when you travel, <laughs> what you got to do then? Honey. They don't ask you they anything? Want, I had to go and do a test. They oh. wanted the test. Um, uh-huh. The American vaccine cards do not come with a QR code. And uh-huh. so because of that, it makes it easily um, – Counter, uh, you can easily yes, have a counterfeit. Yes. And you know, when I was when I went and took mine, I I need to be on somebody's board of directors because when I went to take my vaccine, I told them I said this is all you're gonna give me. I said so. How is it? How do y'all track it? How do you regulate this? Because right. anybody could could write this. Anybody. There's no type of nothing for you to scan. Exactly. There's no type of reference or anything, mm-hmm. and they was like, no, it's good, and now here we are, six months, or maybe a year later, six months to a year later, now it's a problem with the QR codes. I said, see, I knew it. <laughs> Boy, I knew it. Like you thought about it. Look at that. <laughs> Listen, I got to know you, like I said, at the conference, 
and um, loved your energy, your spirit, your activism was kind of clear there. But shortly after that, the following year, um, I, I saw you guys posting about getting folks together to go to Washington. And we, yes. I, I sent, you know, made a donation to that, but I, I didn't follow up. I think I got sick too or something. I didn't follow up to see how did that go and what, what, you know, where was that today? What's the story with that? Yes. So um, I do have a nonprofit that I started right when I went, right when I moved to Texas. So it's called So Rich, S O W. Um, Rich Foundation, and that's Mm -hmm. short for sowing and enriching. So our motto is that we're sowing into communities and enriching Mm -hmm. lives. And what we do, we have many different initiatives that we um, join in on. We do a lot with homelessness. We do a lot with youth. And so this particular initiative that you are talking about is was the 58th anniversary of Dr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s mm-hmm. I Have a Dream, his his notorious, you know, I Have a Dream speech um, mm-hmm. in, in March on Washington in Washington, D.C. So mm-hmm. um, we went there because we was like, wow, this is history, and it's not going to happen again. You know, it will be a 59th anniversary, but there will never be another. The 58th, right, and right. the the significance of the 58th um, anniversary is that this is the first that was the first time that they had an event of that um, of that capacity, you know, at that location, standing in the same place where Dr. Martin Luther King stood. That's wow. that's the first time they had those people back there marching the same streets that Dr. Martin Luther King and, and, you know, Reverend Al Sharpton, he's been doing this forever. So it was a total treat. We went there. Um, everything, God is just so amazing. I, <laughs> man. And, and we went there. Um, everything had been paid by contributions that we collected from the community. Um, I was uh, taking collections as well as the other people who were um, going to come. And the idea mm-hmm. was to take a group of students who were either law students, justice students, uh, people that are already active in their community, mm-hmm. people who are already interested in this type of historical um, events and, and being a part of history, people who are already intrigued by this type of thing. So it wasn't a vacation type thing. Anybody who wants to go go on a free trip. So mm. I vetted everybody and, you know, talk to people, see where their heads were. And then afterwards, I would offer them, hey, would you like to go on this trip and be a part of history? Everything is going to be paid for you. You may have to Wonderful. cover your food. But if we get enough donations, I will cover your food for you as well. I don't have mm-hmm. a problem. And um, so we started out with 10 people, um, Mm -hmm. half of them students, and then half were parents, because that was the other thing. Uh, One of my partners said, you know, how are you going to, in a sense, for lack of better words, control all of them? Yes. Yeah. Yes. How are you gonna How are you gonna do that? And I said, Wow, that's a great question. I've never had to think about it. I always just raise my voice at people, and that just <laughs> seems to work. And yeah. so she was like, Well, Crystal, there's gonna be close to a million people out mm-hmm. here. Do you think raising your voice is gonna work? And no. I said, You know what? You got something there. Let me Let me think about this. So I said. Uh, what I would have to do was invite a parent mm-hmm. or guardian Chaperone. to come with with their child. Yeah. Yes. So that took a yes. lot of pressure off of me. So um, we started at 10 and ended up with six. Um, a couple mm-hmm. of people backed out at the last minute, which was okay. Um, yes. And we booked the Airbnb. We had someone donate flights. Uh, somebody had like all kinds of Delta points, and so they oh, donated wow. two round trip flights 
um, for myself and someone else, and they flew us first class. Wow. You know, I've I've never flown first class. I mean, it was a quick <laughs> flight, but yeah. it was just a treat all the yeah. way around the board, Good. and it just further let me know that God got me. You know, he's, he's like mess. here. You know. You yep. work so hard for everybody else. Let me treat you. And when I looked yep. at my ticket, and it was a first class ticket, I cried. You know, mm. but um, cool. we ended up with six people. We went. Um, we got a like a van so that we can transport everybody. Mm-hmm. I arranged because I I do. I had to do that when I was doing the makeup and everything. I had employees for my business. So mm-hmm. I, that's what I do. I schedule hotels and I book rental cars and flights. Mm-hmm. So that's my thing. Um, and so I had all of that out. You know, I picked up everybody from the airport and, um, and, and took them back to where we were staying at. And we all stayed together. And we just had a really good time, you know, we we had some times where we were extremely exhausted. So 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 there okay, there were some times there where we really connected with the past mm-hmm. and with the history of that yeah. moment. We were out there. It it was not cool. Okay, the sun was blazing that mm. particular day. It was mm-hmm. hotter that particular day than it usually is um, in that part of town. And all the residents and everything have been saying, like, it is hot today. Like, So mm. you also have to stand in a line, so many people, that you have to stand in a line to do everything. Mm. Um, they did have an open area eventually, but you had to stand in about two or three air, uh, lines to get to that open area. And it was because of security precautions and, oh, yeah. you know, all, you, you have COVID and you have all this other stuff going on. So they were in, you know, in their right to do that. And, and I appreciate it. But, man, we, we stood out in lines. And I'm talking about some but of those all lines. But all it was successful, though, right? Oh man, it was. And what is it was. what is so rich doing now? So we're we're we are looking for our next initiative. When we have um what I call downtime in between initiatives, uh we kinda just find people to bless, honestly. Um right. they're and I'm talking about pizza delivery drivers, I'm talking about yeah people on the corner, I'm talking mm-hmm. about homeless people, I'm talking about the drunk outside of the grocery store that stopped me and asked me for a quarter, yeah. Yeah. Um, youth at the church, yeah. even even mm-hmm. adults um, in need, you know, we give and we don't promote everything. Um, I, I, I'm always kind of caught in between that. Because I do a lot of I do a lot of heart stuff, you know, stuff from mm-hmm. my heart, and mm-hmm. I do want to promote it so that we can get bigger and better sponsors. But at mm-hmm. the same time, promoting things kind of makes it seem like it's not genuine sometimes, and mm-hmm. it could also be uh, a privacy thing with the people. So I just kind of weigh out every situation and figure out what I want to promote and what I don't want to promote. Um, well, when we do the clear. bigger things. It's clear that you're using wisdom. You're operating in wisdom, so that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing, and I bless God for that yes, for you. Ma'am. Let me ask you two last things in, in closing. So in you're in Houston now. So are you a part of the the Diane's group there in Houston? I am. I am. I'm a part of HVM here in Houston. Okay. Um, I haven't been able to get with them in person as of yet. Uh, they had yeah. a. They've had two events since I've been here, and for mm-hmm. both of them, I've been out of town. 
So, but I do communicate um, with the HVAM family uh, via yeah. social media. And me and Miss Diane will text every now and again. Yeah. Um, we, we're going to have to do better with that. Me, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm going to have to do better with that, yeah. uh, you know, keeping in contact. But, yeah, she keeps us up to date, and, and she's she's good at what she does, and she loves it. So. Well, we're proud of, um, I don't know, when last you've communicated with them, but as of the last 30 days, it is now official that HBAM is now a member of the Friends. Woo-woo! Yes! I love to hear it. So that love is now official. That is now official. Um, they've signed documents, and the leaders were on a call with us and letting their, um, making their statement as to why, how, why, when, and so it's official, and even to the point, like I said earlier, um, she she'll be having her own show just like this, um, called Journey, the Fate, the sorry Fate for the Journey that's coming up, um, yeah, possibly for the new year, but something should be in the works within the next thirty days or so. And you know, um, I was excited um, in closing to see you. You know, th- we're in a pandemic. But girls, y'all went on a trip. Tell us a little about what brought about that trip and what were you doing in Europe and all of that. Go ahead. Um, so we we went to Egypt and um it started as a bucket list thing. I was supposed to go backpacking in Egypt back in two thousand and eighteen, uh, mm. for Christmas. Uh, for two months, and I ended up not doing it. I pushed it back to 19, and then 19 got a little fishy, you know, closing out. Like I said, that December was the last time I had worked, so it got pushed back again. So um finally made it 2021 to do this trip, and I had been planning it for quite some time. I was going on a solo trip because I heard that's um, – pretty uh a pretty cool experience to just take a solo trip you know and then tiffany uh said hey can i go with you and i said sure you know i don't mind having somebody to keep me company for a couple weeks so um you know just leading up and uh, up to it we um joined a couple of travel movements and travel groups on Facebook, asked a bunch of questions, you know, did research, learned what we were about to get into. And I made it my point that um, I, I call it when I need I need a little Holy Spirit spanking and, uh, you know, when I need to get back in tune with myself and uh, have some, some, some revelation, you know, come out of it. And I, so I said, you know, I don't want to do the touristy things. You know, I like to go where the locals go. I want to eat how they eat, live how they live. Mm-hmm. You know the saying, um, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Romans so do, I had decided yeah. that I had gotten a little bit too spoiled um, and taken things for granted that I usually don't take for granted <laughs> mm-hmm. and I needed I needed I needed a Holy Spirit chin check gut check you know <laughs> and so I went and I said I'm not going to complain about anything I had to tell myself so I was talking to myself in in third person I believe as a crystal <laughs> you are not going to complain you are mm. not going to be spoiled and entitled. You're not going to, you know, because I'm the person, I will go to a restaurant and I don't order anything off the menu. I order everything special. Everything is special made. Everything that's, I don't know. It's not that I have a thing like I'm not ordering off the menu, but I'm so picky with certain Mm. things. So by the time I order something, it's something not even on the menu. Um, wow. you know, I'm I'm really funny and fickle when it comes to eating at people's homes. And but so at this trip, I, but at, on this trip you couldn't do that, right? I could not do that and I made <laughs> sure I couldn't do it. And so that's a whole nother uh level of um, I don't know if you would call it it's it's not discipline, but I really wanted to challenge myself on this Good. trip. Um, because just here, it's just like certain things. I'm like, I, I won't eat 
I'll go somewhere I won't eat all day, and if I get somewhere and if it's nasty or I don't like the way it looks or smells Mm. in there, I'm not eating that. So in Egypt, (laughs) our first meal off of the flight, the flight was 15 hours going over. Um, It was a little bit over 16 coming back. And so um, our first meal, we're hungry, of course, because the plain food was not that great. And... We get there, and our tour guide took us to a spot. Now, the food, let me just let me just preface this by saying the food was delicious. The customer service was excellent. The people were the kindest people you ever want to meet in your life. But <laughs> it was nasty in there. You know, it wasn't like... It wasn't like to the American standard. Like, I, yeah. I I really felt like a spoiled American. They had the bare minimum of what they needed to operate their business. Um, everything was done with their hands, okay? Um, not okay. many people are wearing gloves. Not many yeah. people care about, you know, touching things with their hands or leaving things out. So the first restaurant that we went into – soon as I opened the door, the chicken, or I came in the door, I was walking to my table, they had prepared uh, chicken. They do everything fresh. So they had just, I guess, you know, in the back, whatever they have to do with the chicken when they kill it, that's that's what went down. And they brought up the, you know, fresh chicken. They cut it up in pieces and seasoned it up real nice. But they have it sitting while they heat the, you know, the the grill or the oven or whatever they're using, and the flies okay. just You're going to upset somebody's spirit today with, with that, but, but we kind of saw them get where you're going. And, and with the last yeah. four minutes that I have, <laughs> I am so glad I got you today and to do this. Um, we're having greetings coming in from Kim of Detroit and others are trying to say hello to you. And so we're just uh-huh. grateful to have you. We're grateful to have you on here. Here's what I want you to do with the last three minutes um, before we get cut off. If there's somebody mm-hmm. out there today, newly diagnosed and going through, give them a last three minutes of encouragement. So what I would say to you, someone who is new to the Vitiligo community, is that it's not over. Okay, Mm. it's not over and it gets better. Okay, and instead of, you know, trying to um, make yourself love and embrace your skin, how about just embracing other things that about yourself that don't involve your skin? Because um, the growth and the confidence in you, it, it comes, it starts in your mind. So you have to have that confidence and be confident in yourself, regardless of your skin. Um, Your skin is just, that's an aesthetic. You know what I mean? It it doesn't make or break you. So if you can work on your mental, that's going to trickle down to the rest of your body. And then you're going to really, really get it down in your heart and love Mm. yourself. And so that's whatever comes along. If it's vitiligo, if it's alopecia, Mm. if it's cancer, if it's a zero bank account, if it's Mm. singleness, whatever it is that you are going through and that you are dealing with, um, Mm. get it in your head first, and it's going to trickle down. It's going to trickle down. Beautiful. Well, listen. Uh, like I said, I had some people chiming in um, saying hello, Rochelle from Virginia, uh, Kim and others from Detroit. We love you. We may not have said it in the past, but we're making an announcement today. We love you. We see you. We know what you're doing. Valerie loves your energy and passion. I think I had that when I was in my 20s. And so your mm. your, your, your grandmother was your role model. You are certainly a, the role model for a lot of people. So as you leave us today, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us this time. We bless you. We we'll hopefully look forward to doing this again with you when uh, So Rich is doing something and some kind of initiative. Um, as we look towards the new year, we'd love to have you back on. But thank you, Crystal, for joining me. God bless you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, everybody that was trying to say hey, and thank you, Ms. Valerie, for having me. You're I welcome. love you right back. I love, love you right you so back. Much. 
God bless you, baby. Bye-bye now. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my special guest, Crystal. This show is sponsored by My Vitiligo's team. We encourage you to enjoy your weekend. It's a long weekend. Most of all, stay safe, stay well. This is Vitz Friends Vitiligo Support Group. Valerie Molyneux, President and CEO, signing off. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.